0: Hello everybody and welcome to episode 355 of the Ask the Coach Show, where Pink Skills answers your table tennis questions. I'm Jeff Plum, and as always, I'm joined by Super Coach Alois Rosario. Welcome, Aloys.
1: Thank you, Jeff. Thank you once again for the 355th time. Indeed. It's, it's fantastic. And, uh, and, <laughs> and welcome to introduction-
0: all of you. Oh, sorry, go.
1: Yeah, and welcome to all you listeners, and if any of you have listened to all 355 uh, episodes, um, let us know, because we might have you locked up.
0: (laughs) Maybe. And and I was just saying, Aloys, in all those 355 episodes, I've never messed up the introduction once.
1: Uh, yeah, maybe one day we'll get the bloopers out. Like from today, we, we, we only, we only had three tries. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You'd think after 355 goes, I'd be a bit better at it. But anyway,
1: <laughs> that's okay. You'll get, you know,
0: not everyone can be, you know, super brilliant at everything. And particularly fish alloys. Do you know why fish don't pass their exams?
1: Why Jeff?
0: Because they work below sea level.
1: I thought because they were always in school. Oh, are they? What about Nemo? He was all by himself. Oh, true. Yes. Mm, yeah. yeah. And
0: I have a dog and you have a dog, right? But yep. what do you call a dog with a metal detector?
1: Um, I don't know, Jeff.
0: A gold retriever. <laughs>
1: Surely uh, it's golden.
0: Yes, uh, and you know yeah. I've been uh, I've been learning a little bit of German recently, and I just learned the word for constipation in German. Far from pooping.
1: Our <laughs> German listeners, apologies.
0: <laughs> is it is it time to move on? To, yeah, I definitely. Um,
1: so, so very much time to move on. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, so, how many people um, do you reckon listened to the start of the podcast and then just dropped off before we even got to any table tennis talk?
1: <laughs> yeah, maybe we should put the jokes last so that like people don't turn off.
0: Leave them on a high. Yes, yes. So they're coming back for more next
1: time. Yeah, Good idea. Could start with the OMG facts. That'd get people. <laughs>
0: well just flip everything on its head well that would be weird yes um
1: now do you have an on this week for us i do i do um excellent on this week um well actually the 10th of march which is actually today Mm. as we're recording it is dina meshref's birthday so dina um will be 27 today um yeah, represents Egypt, uh, but was born in Canada. Uh, interestingly enough, and um, so yeah, so but um, uh, one of the one of the superstars of the African uh, of African table tennis um, won the All African Games in singles in 2015. Won the teams twice in 2011 and 2015. Um, won the African Championships uh, in uh, 2015 as well in Cairo and uh, also the Africa Cup singles in 2014 so yeah Dina uh, yeah really good player i've seen her play a, a few times and um and has had some had some really good results so had um her highest world ranking of number 33 which is which is huge uh, in the women's game so uh, yeah so well done Dina Mesref turning 27 years old today happy birthday Dina yeah, there you go. There you go. very yeah, good. a bit more, bit more obscure, you know, not not always the uh, the top few ranked in the world, but yeah, being it, a Mishra, yeah,
0: yeah, it's good to hear, isn't it? And like all those uh, tournaments he's won, just like a just brilliant player from Africa.
1: That's right. Good work. Excellent. Um, from Egypt, did you say? Yes, Egypt, but born yes. in Canada. Yeah, there you go.
0: Yeah. There you go. Very good. All right, now um, it is time for the tip of the week.
1: Yeah. So my tip of the week this week is more isn't always better. So mm. often we, often I I get um, questions from readers saying, you know, how much should I train? I can only train a few times a week and. And I think, I think a couple of things that's that are really important. The first one is that you need to make sure you fit things into your week. I mean, if you're always stressing that, oh, I need to train more and I need to do more, when it comes to match day, you're always going to have that in the back of your head thinking, oh, I should have trained another time. And, and the reality is that maybe you just – didn't have time i mean you might be working you might be going to school you might have you know family commitments all those sorts of things and so if you're turning up on match day with a guilty conscience and a guilty mind it's hard to to you know play well so i think what you need to do is think okay how much can i train how much is it realistic um for me to train and then try to stick to that um i think the other important part with this topic is that you know, even if you do have an unlimited amount of time, you know, training 50 hours a week may not be the best thing for you. You know, training 20 to 30 might be much better or even less, perhaps um, might be much better. If you're um, focused during your training, if you're, um, if you've got some really clear goals to what you're doing during your training in those, you know, limited hours, that is definitely much better than just going out there and just clocking up the 50 hours on the court or 30 hours on the court um and you know almost uh, perpetuating some some poor habits you know definitely perpetuating some poor mental habits of you know of your concentration and and how how much effort you're putting in um so yeah so for me think about that that more isn't always better
0: mm, very interesting because um like There's a lot of stuff about just general workplaces now about how um, the same sort of thing, more isn't always better. And, um, yeah, there's um, a company that makes an online product called Basecamp. They used to be called 37 Signals. And um, they had all these books about it, like, don't be this workplace hero. And they were kind of like, you should just work, a certain number of hours but if you're like getting into the office early and staying back late and you're like pretending to be this hero and then uh putting other people down because they're not working back and doing the extra hours and they were kind of like you know what those people actually aren't that productive they're they're working too many hours and so they're not really switched on and not really focused when they are there and so then they have to spend longer because they're not doing um things as quickly and they're not really even problem solving and getting to the crux of the matter quicker and so i think that kind of is almost what you're saying here when you're practicing if you like choose to focus on something that's going to really help your game and and then you train with a lot of intensity that could be much better doing that for a shorter period of time than doing it for a longer period
1: yeah it sounds really similar doesn't it and you know it's it's the same thing you know and it's Table tennis training is about problem solving too, isn't it? It's about, you know, how do I uh, work on this? How do I get better at that? And if, you're, if your mind isn't fully there um, at that time, then, you know, are you really putting uh, or are you really um, utilising your time to its fullest mm, and, and, yeah. and its best?
0: Yeah. yeah, interesting. Now, and then the other thing that I thought about when you were saying this tip is, and I've seen this in table tennis and You hear about it in other sports, um, like football here in in, um, Australia, the Aussie rules football. The older players often kind of get rested a bit more, and I guess in football it's often because they might be injured a bit more or stuff, but the older players who have this sort of bank of training that they've done for, you know, 10, 15 years behind them seem to be able to get away with less training than the younger players. What do you think about that?
1: Yeah, I think it's not even get away with it. I think it's it's almost necessary, you know, um, because I think, you know, uh, at that stage, you know, physically, you need to think a little bit more about what, um, what your training is doing to your body. And you, you really do often don't need that. Um, same number of hours on the table as well you know so and to keep your mind fresh and to keep you um, still keen and and focused when you come to match day I think it's really important to just really think about uh, the number of hours that you're putting on the table and you'll and you'll see it just naturally with the older table tennis players I mean they, they don't need to do the the thirty hours a week, um, they can, um, they need to do much less to, to make sure that they're at their peak uh, when they're playing, um, playing uh, matches and in, in competition and when it really counts.
0: And so, do you think that's because they've already kind of built up that skill, so they already have that, so they don't need to, um, you know, improve as much, maybe, or is it more like you said, just it keeps them fresh, whereas the younger players are still more enthusiastic about doing more.
1: Mm. Yeah, I think it's all of that, isn't it? There, there's there's bits of all of that in there. Um, you know, I think y- yes, they need to keep themselves fresh. I think they've already hit enough balls to you know to for their technique to be what it is. Um, you know then then it's more just about um, you know maybe finding some some um, efficiencies with their game, finding some um, some simple little things that they can improve, um, just keeping the touch. Um, yeah, it's not really about building a a whole new um, skill uh, with their games.
0: Yeah, and I'm not sure that it's just like, again one size fits all, is it? It's kind of complicated, like you said, there's a lot of factors there because I've heard people say oh, this person needs to hit a lot of balls to maintain their form and this other guy doesn't need to hit as many balls but he can just come out and just play really well. Um, Yeah,
1: I I think I think there's a bit of that, but I think a lot of that is also in the mind as well. You know, so, you know, mm. uh, yeah, a person that feels like they need to hit a lot of balls will need to hit a lot of balls. <laughs> uh, yep. You know, so, yeah, um, I think it's just a matter of, yeah, being comfortable with what you're doing um, and, yeah, starting to uh, just utilize your whole of time um, well.
0: Yeah, and, and, and I guess we just got to remember in all of this, like, why, why are we even playing it in the first place? And hopefully that's for some enjoyment at some level. Um, you know, obviously, if you're, like, going to be world champion, there's a bit of pressure and stuff there. But, you know, we, we do really have to
1: enjoy the game, don't we? That's, that's the baseline, exactly. That's definitely the baseline.
0: Excellent. All right, well, that's a great tip of the week. I like it. Very
1: thought-provoking. Yes, as always. (laughs) typical week.
0: As (laughs) always. Now, Alois, before we get on to the questions, I'm going to mix it up because I want to get people entering this competition, the Who Am I competition. We gave away some pretty cryptic clue last week, and no one has picked it up yet, so we're giving out um, some even more cryptic clues this week.
1: Well, yeah, Jim. Not so much cryptic, but yeah, just, uh, just not, uh, yeah, not really getting out there. So, yeah, so last week. That's not the week, right word,
0: is it? I'm not really no, a wordsmith.
1: Like, <laughs> no. No, we'll have to find one. Um, <laughs> so last week, last week we said that this player finished as high as fourth at a world cup. Mm-hmm. This, this week, what we're telling you is that they started representing their country at world championship level in 2008. Mm-hmm. Um, And um, this player has a 68% overall win-loss singles record in international matches. Mm -hmm. But in 2011, had a whopping 82% uh, win-loss record in singles. Yeah, that's good. Yep. And I'm going to even give you one more clue. And um, this player represented their country at the London Olympics in 2012. So there's quite a few little clues Mm -hmm. in there. Might need to listen back to them, um, or you can go to our competitions. Competitions—that's not that easy to say. Competitions <laughs> page. It's pretty uh, easy. <laughs> on pingskills.com. So if you go and click on your name, um, and in the drop-down list there, you'll see the competitions. Click on that, and you will see uh, the Who Am I uh, episode four. I think it is. Um, so go to go to that and you can click in there and put in your entry, and we'll have the clues written down there for you as well. So so hopefully this week someone takes out the prize. And what's the prize this week, Jeffrey?
0: Oh, same as it's been the last few, it, you can get a one-hour online coaching session with you, Alois, yep. or a one-month uh, Pink Skills Premium Membership. So your choice.
1: Yes. Yeah, so, uh, so we've had... Uh, had some winners uh taking up the one one hour um online, and that's worked pretty well. So uh yeah, so bit of incentive well, there. I guess you know, in your role as a coach,
0: um you've had to adapt over this COVID period and getting pretty good with that online coaching.
1: Yeah, uh, certainly have spent a lot of hours uh in front of the uh video screen over the last year. In fact, uh I was just thinking. This time last year, I was in Spain. Would you believe it? Yeah, in Spain at a um, at uh, a para open event in Spain, and uh, yeah, I got back. I think about the twelfth of March. So, um, yeah, a lot a lots happened in that year. I tell you, <laughs> it certainly has. It certainly has.
0: And so, do you think this technology, you know, with the video conferencing and stuff, is going to change coaching much, or like? If we can get back to normal, it'll kind of just all be, you know, back to face to face. Will there be any place for online in
1: the future, coaching? Yeah, yeah, I think there definitely is. Uh, I mean, just the convenience of it. I mean, it's, mm. it's like people are finding with with their workplaces in general now, isn't it? You know, I mean, um, do you yeah. really need to be? Do you really need to be in the office? Do you really need to be in the hall? Sure, I think it, it definitely it helps to be in the hall, you know, with your with your players, um, and you know, with your coach, but. Uh, if you think about the convenience and and the amount of contact you can have with um, with your coach uh, compared to you know getting them down to the hall all the time or even getting them to your house, um, yeah, there's definitely something in it, and I think the the benefits of the increased amount of time um, and um, less effort um, is certainly something to be thought about.
0: Yeah, and especially, I guess for like if you're talking about like a national squad, um you can get that national squad together over video conference without, Really, um, everyone needing to travel, like in Australia, people from all over could be travelling thousands of kilometres.
1: Yeah, that's um, right. Yes, uh, yeah. So that that's certainly worked well over the last year for us. Mm, very,
0: very interesting. And of course, these ask the ask the oh who am I questions came about because I got a gift um, about who am I, and I thought wouldn't it be good to have a who am I table tennis version. So this is our fourth yeah. one, Alice. How many do you reckon we need before we like could produce like a who am I table tennis set?
1: Oh, who who am I game? Yeah, yeah, who am I game? game. Yeah. Oh, I, I I don't know. Probably need um uh, three hundred and fifty five or something.
0: <laughs> Indeed. Yes. <laughs> Let's go for that. All right. Sure. Okay. So now it is time for the questions. Okay. So- Let's Thinking get the few questions on. ready. And, of course, if you want to ask a question, just head over to pingseals.com, put your question in. If it's a good one, you might end up on the show, on the, podca- on the podcast. And here's a good one from Andy. He says, hi, coach. At the professional level, why aren't there many two-sided penhold players winning major tournaments like the World Cup and the Olympics? Do you think there's any inherent deficiencies to playing a two-sided penhold
1: style? Yeah. Um, so, Andy, I think. I mean, it's it's interesting now the balance between shake hands and pen hold players at that top level, and it's definitely um, heavily favoured in in with the with the shake hand players. But that's not to say that you can't do well with um, a two sided pen hold um, style. Um, so the two sided always...
0: means. Does that mean you you're um, playing the reverse pen hold backhand that looks almost like a normal shake hand? Yeah. Back-
1: those yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, you're playing that reverse uh, reverse penhold hold backhand. So you know, there's definitely there's definitely um, place in the world for that. I mean, I, I would say that if um, if the reverse pen hold uh, backhand wasn't developed, I think you know there'd be a really huge um, um shift towards the shake hand players completely but um but yeah i think um now you know there's there's still there's still some um pen hole players um you know in the in the top 100 in the world so i mean if you can reach that level then you're very good and don't forget Shushin is is still number 2 um ranked male player in the world so yeah so he's 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 all right <laughs> he's going all right that Shushin guy. yeah
0: the thing I think about it, though, is um, some of the advantages of the pen hold traditionally have been, well, there's no sort of crossover point because you use the same side of the racket, so it's like the one yep. before you play the reverse pen hold. So then if you start to play the reverse penhold, you do have this crossover point all of a sudden. And it might be worse because yeah. you've got to decide, do I play uh, forehand, do I play the normal one, or do I switch and play a... So there might even be more decisions to make. Um, and then... Is that reverse pen hold backhand just as good as a shake hand backhand? And I guess it depends whose backhand you're comparing. But if it's not any better, then why don't you just use the shake hand all the time?
1: Mm. Well, one of the advantages of the pen hold is just the utilisation of the wrist. So it's a little bit easier to use your wrist. um, On the forehand or on the
0: serve or...
1: Uh, yep, both serve forehand even and even on the on the push a little bit, um, especially on the forehand push. Um, yeah, it's a little bit easier to use your wrist. So yeah, just in general, um, the penhold grip allows more range of motion with the wrist than the shakehand grip, um, because and I'm going to demonstrate this to you um, on um, in a podcast. <laughs> um if you if you if you hold your hand in front of you and if you're like you're slapping someone with your hand, so that's that's the way that's the way that your wrist moves when you're utilizing when you're playing with a penhole grip. it It moves in that um that motion, which is a bigger range than as if you were karate chopping someone, uh, so which which is your hand going the other way. So with the karate chop motion, um, you can see, that, yeah, the the range of motion is, you know, probably one quarter or you know a fifth of the motion um, of your hand moving in the op- in the other way. So, um, yeah, so that's um, that's one of the big advantages of the pinhole grip as well.
0: Mm. So I think the biggest advantage then is probably on the serve.
1: Yeah, Man. although yeah, although the um the the shakehand players now tend to modify their grip a bit with, the, especially with the yeah, you know, with the pendulum and the reverse pendulum serve. Yeah, because
0: uh, yeah. I was going to say uh, maybe you should just serve with the um, penhold and then switch to shakehand for the rally. But yeah, you can just modify your grip a little
1: bit and then you get those same advantages. Yeah, I think yeah. penhold dead. Yeah, <laughs> and if you want to have a look at um, that, what we're talking about there. Um, in our tutorial section, in the serving um, section, if you go to the must learn serves, and in there we've got uh, one on the on the pendulum serve, and you can uh, have a look at that and see how we what we do to demonstrate the the grip with a pen, pendulum serve as well. So, mm-hmm. um, and then yeah, there's also um, in the yeah in the questions you'll find some um, some. Um, in the frequently asked questions, um, you'll find some uh, information there about utilization of the the um the the grip for the pendulum serve. So yeah.
0: Yeah. And then you were talking about that uh, slapping motion as being kind of what you would use with the penhold grip. But mm-hmm. that's also what a shake hand would use for the backhand. It's kind of yes. that Yeah, so so that's actually you know, an advantage for the shake hand on the backhand. Yes.
1: Yeah. So, that's, yeah.
0: And that's why that's I think right. we've seen the backhand become so um, devastating from shake hand players these days. With all the yes. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. and I think that's I think that's been a bit of a downfall for the penja for the yeah for the um, penhold grip as well. Just that players yeah. are now their backhands with the shake hand has become so strong.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the backhand has become strong, is not it?
0: Yeah. Great question, Andy. All right. Uh, now let's move on to another one from Andy because he asks such good questions. He says, I play right-handed and I want to know, would the use of my left arm and swing my left ha- arm help with greater rotational torque? There's a good word. Word talk. I see some players on video moving their non-hitting arm along with the ball. So, do you recommend this, allies?
1: Yeah. So, um, yeah, that your free arm um can really help you with that rotation. So, what we're looking for to increase the um the speed of your bat coming through is is that rotation through your trunk. Now, uh, the way to Uh, assist that is by utilizing your free arm so if you um, move your free arm around you'll find that you'll be able to swing your your waist through a little bit faster which then um, allows you to also swing your bat hand through a little bit faster therefore generating more speed and spin etc etc so yeah so that um, utilizing that non-playing side of your body is is really vital um, so, I mean, if you, if you think about if I was standing there and only utilizing one side of my body and, and the other side was completely, um, you know, still, then you just haven't got any flow with your body. You, you just haven't got as much, um, ability to utilize, uh, your speed and power. We, we talk about this in the, um, you know, video on the advanced, um, forehand topspin, and and in that, you know, you will see how you, you start to utilize the whole of your body and including your legs and then the rotation of your waist, et cetera. So and so your your non playing arm is um is all just a part of that to to assist with that rotation.
0: Yeah, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And I guess a lot of people do that naturally when they're when they're learning a stroke, but it's not not everybody. Some people don't do it, but um definitely something to watch yeah.
1: out for. Yeah, it's just it's just that coordination of the body and um, yeah, it's just and you know well, I'll go off topic a bit here, but um, but you know they talk about uh, generalising versus specialising in sports. You know, I think I often see players that have played a few different sports tend to have that um, that natural swing and motion a little bit easier than if you've only played um, you know table tennis. Um, and just starting table tennis or you haven't played any other sports before. So uh, Mm, just that coordination of your body helps as well. Yep.
0: Okay. That could be a very interesting discussion, talking about generalisation versus specialisation.
1: Yes, indeed.
0: Yes. We should get, like, a special guest to come on the show and talk about just that topic. That would be fascinating. Exactly. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, so, all right. Um, thank you again, Andy. Great question again. So hopefully that helps you out. Yeah. Start by, yeah, trying to see if you can get a bit of that rotation and use that uh, non-playing arm. All right. Next up is a question from Kevin. And um, Kevin says, I usually play table tennis at room temperature. He doesn't have a table uh, table tennis table at the moment because of the pandemic. So you know what he did? He built a table, alloys.
1: Yeah, wow. good idea.
0: A great idea. Um, but he has no room inside the garage, so the only option is to play in a large shed with lots of space. And he lives in northern Sweden, and oh, the windows <laughs> there are cold. And I mean, really cold. And it's been like minus 10 degrees Celsius, which is like 14 degrees Fahrenheit for those... Um, he uses yeah. Fahrenheit. Um, that's pretty cold, minus ten degrees. And so he's wondering, is it safe to play um, in that cold weather without destroying his table tennis rubbers?
1: Yeah, so interesting one. It, it is like cold doesn't affect your rubber as much as heat. So if you um, if you leave your bat out in the sun the rubber will basically be fried within you know an hour or so mm-hmm.
0: um, and if you leave it inside a car window where it's kind of magnified oh
1: yeah exactly so yeah just don't do that but <laughs> as far as cold um i've never had any issues with with it um i think the thing that does happen is the performance of the rubber isn't great when it's really cold you know because the the, the rubber becomes um, harder and so there's not that elasticity to it um, to allow you to grip the ball um, with the with the rubber. So um it'll feel a lot harder or feel like it's not performing. And I guess the other the other thing at that at those sort of temperatures is often you might get a bit of condensation on your on your rubber. um and so that's going to make the rubber very slippery. Um you know if there's any sort of condensation, or moisture on, on the on the surface of the rubber at that temperature, then you know you go and try and topspin the ball, the ball ball will just drop off. So um, mm. so yeah, I think it is safe. It is safe for your rubber, but um, the rubber won't perform very well at all. Yeah,
0: and I remember just just here in Melbourne, alloys where it doesn't even really get below zero degrees uh, Celsius. That when it is cold, yeah, you you just notice it. It's hard to get that extra top spin, hard to get that extra spin on your serve.
1: The rubber is just it's it's not as grippy. Well, Jeff, you grew up in Canberra. Now Canberra <laughs> is noted for its uh, cold weather. Yeah, how'd you go, How'd get, you go in Canberra?
0: It does get below zero degrees in Canberra. Yeah, that's um, yeah, and exactly the same. Very very cold, and then the rubbers just don't perform as well. So you try and warm it up. You try and stick the rubber under your armpit or something, get it warmed up. Um, I've even seen people put it, you know, there's hand dryers that in the bathrooms to warm up your rubbers. I've seen people put their rubber under that to try and warm up that rubber before they play. Um, yeah, yep. anything just to raise the temperature of the rubber, get it a bit more grippy.
1: Exactly, mm. yeah. But, um, yeah, Kevin, just uh, I mean, be careful, but, um, yeah, it should. Be fine, you won't destroy the rubber,
0: yes, indeed. All right, good question, Kevin, and absolutely great work for playing table tennis in minus 10 degrees Celsius. I think that is brilliant, (laughs) exactly.
1: (laughs) Hats off Uh, to you,
0: yes. All right, now, next question is from Harold who says when you say in like a question or on the podcast or something that you want to watch something um from a previous place how can i find it and he says like such as session six how how can i find what you're talking about
1: yeah so um the website um if you go to pingskills.com um you know at the top there's some good navigation bars at the top you know with your tutorials Your blogs, you ask the coach, etc. I I think you know if you go to that initially, um, you know, go to the drop-down list in your tutorials, you'll see some some pretty broad subjects there. So we've got strokes and techniques, serving and receiving, some training plans, training tactics, psych psychology, equipment, rules, etc. So you can go and have a look at that and see if that something there uh, is what you're looking for, but. There's also a bit of a search function if you go to the Ask the Coach page um, on the site. So um, if you go to the Ask the Coach page, you'll see at the top um, there that there's a uh, search bar. If you type in there what you're looking for on Ping Skills, then you're, you'll often find uh, what, you're, uh, what you're wanting to find. So, um, yeah, that's, that's probably the, the best way at this stage.
0: Very good. Excellent. Yeah. And, 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 let us know what you think about that, uh, little structure. I think it's quite good myself. Um, and there is, I think, um, yeah. Um, I think what I'm trying to say, Aloys, is that, <laughs> um, I moved off the page I was going to look at, but, um, Harold yes. was asking about that navigation and, he also talked about session six, and so there I'm thinking he's talking about the 52-week training plan that we have. So if you go to yes. tutorials and click on the 52-week training plan, then this is for our um, premium members. There's, as the as you might imagine, there's um, 52 training plans, one for every week. <laughs> and they're broken yeah. up into like four... Um, four blocks so weeks one to four then weeks five to eight nine to twelve so on and they focus on different areas so weeks one to four we focus on consistency then on footwork and then weeks nine to twelve on technique and then placement and um, so over the 52 weeks you cover um, a lot of important um, aspects of your table tennis game so if you're looking to improve and you're not sure what to train Come a premium member, get on there and um, take out the 52-week training plan. Uh, we've had so many people do this 52-week training plan and we've had great feedback about it and it really opens their eyes up to, you know, how you can improve with some real structured training like we were talking about in the tip of the week, alloys.
1: If you don't always have
0: time, right. better to have a, a structured session.
1: Yeah, and, and something that you're focusing on each time. That's right.
0: Yes, and something you're focusing on. Yep. Excellent point. All right. Well, thanks for that question, Harold. And, uh, um, yeah, hopefully that little tip helps you find the stuff on the website. That now brings us, allies, to OMG
1: Facts. Okay. Pen Mm -hmm. pen at the ready. Thank you. Good.
0: Now, this is a fact. 2003 was the year Bootylicious and Bitch Slap were added to the dictionary.
1: No, they weren't. Surely not.
0: They're in the dictionary. That's an that's an no. OMG fact. No. Mhm.
1: Oh, I'm a dinosaur. Oh. <laughs> 2003.
0: That's a long time ago. 18 years ago. Panama hats are actually made in Ecuador. Oh, really? Yeah. And this <laughs> is. And OMG, fact, given what we've just been through the past year. More germs are transferred by shaking hands than by kissing.
1: Oh, there you go.
0: OMG,
1: fact. That's why we haven't been allowed to shake hands.
0: Exactly. Just, you know. There you go. What What a fact. And in 1885... The world's first skyscraper
1: was built in Chicago. How tall was 1885? Yeah, I don't know.
0: How tall do you have to be to be a skyscraper?
1: That's a very good question. What's the definition of a skyscraper? (laughs) Scraping the sky. Um, Now, Um, all all I've got when I look it up, it says a very tall building.
0: (laughs) Very tall. My son's very tall. Um,
1: But he's he's not a building. True. True. But if a building Um, was as tall as him, he's in a
0: skyscraper.
1: (laughs) A very tall building of many stories.
0: Of many stories. Yeah. Well, although my son's not a building, he does tell many stories. Uh, (laughs) uh, I've got two more
1: facts. yeah, wrap up the show. Oh, hang on, hang on. Sorry. Yeah? Sorry, just go go back. And on, on Wikipedia, so, yes. you know, so must be right. Um, at least 100 metres. Ooh. Okay. Currently defined skyscrapers as being at least 100 metres, 150 metres in height. What? That doesn't <laughs> make sense. Oh. See, you shouldn't go to
0: Wikipedia. You should go to OMG Facts.
1: Yeah, obviously,
0: yeah. <laughs> All right. The chance that a dollar bill contains remnants of cocaine is 80%. 80%? <laughs> no.
1: Where OMG is that? I mean, that, that must be... Is that a US dollar bill or is that a Australian dollar bill? Well, we don't I'm have saying, Australian I'm dollar I'm suggesting bill
0: anymore. that this OMG fax calendar is, a, is American...
1: Okay, all right. Yeah, we don't have dollar bills anymore, do we?
0: We don't have dollar bills, so, yeah, exactly. We we go to coins. We're a dollar coin.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, interesting. Interesting OMG fact. Why
0: did go what what was, was the coins? percentage? Pretty cheaper to make coins than dollar bills. Surely paper... Mm, it's
1: no, well, they last longer. Yeah, they last longer. They, yeah. Paper. Okay. Paper... Money lasts a very short amount of time, doesn't it? Well, what, what, are, what, are our, what are our notes made out of now? They're not made out of paper anymore.
0: No. They're very, we're apparently plastic. very sophisticated and hard to counterfeit.
1: Okay. Have you tried? <laughs> I haven't tried. Good. Good. <laughs> yeah, yes.
0: <laughs> All right. Now, this one is just going to blow your mind. It's, what a great way to finish the show. It took yeah. 220 years after the pencil was invented for someone to invent the eraser. 220 years? Yeah. What were after people the- thinking? Surely as soon as you had the pencil, you needed an eraser.
1: What What? what, what did they do if they made a mistake before that? <laughs> Start it again. And, I, and, you know, people were
0: tougher back then, too. They just didn't make mistakes because they knew they couldn't.
1: I often think about that with the typewriter. I, I, like, I actually remember the days of typewriters. Imagine that. <laughs> What's like, a typewriter? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, if you made a mistake, you had to go back. And and then some of them had, like, some of the newer ones had these correcting things where you could go back and it, like, put a bit of whatever, you know, the whiteout over it and and but but before that, like if you made a mistake, they used to like rip the piece of paper out and start again. Like nowadays, imagine that. I mean, have a think about how many mistakes we make when we're <laughs> typing nowadays and then just go back and it, it auto corrects itself. And oh, my goodness, <laughs> you yeah, just don't I know, just know how lucky we are.
0: No, no, exactly. Typewriters, my goodness. And imagine you got down to, like, the last word and you just messed it up.
1: Oh, that would oh, be frustrating. You know, I went through my whole uni um, uh, course without ever typing anything up. I, I hand-wrote all of my uni. <laughs> uh, that's amazing. Yeah, well, the option—the option was typing it, like you know, getting on a typewriter and typing it and stuff. So, I—I I used to handwrite. I, I handwrote every bit of my university work. There,
0: there you go. go. There you go. But it's like a lot of things, you know, the the old video games. You know, if you died, you died. You went back to the start. Nowadays, <laughs> just respawn. <laughs> You know, you respawn. Really no problem. Keep going. There's no consequences. That's the problem with the kids of today. No consequences. Another example. Games used to be up to twenty-one. So, you had to work so, hard to win a table so tennis game.
1: It's definitely time to end this this podcast. I think. I think <laughs> you it's had time to work
0: hard up. to win a game up to twenty-one. Now it's just it's, eleven points. It's over before you know it. You don't even have to do anything. Guy makes a couple of mistakes. You win the game. It's, it's, it's,
1: too easy i might just say, I might just say goodbye and uh, i'll leave you with him okay see you guys
0: <laughs> oh, oh my blood pressure's up oh dear oh i need i need to relax i'm gonna take a few deep breaths
1: oh, good idea. Better. Oh, dear <laughs> all
0: right well all right. thank you everyone for listening it was good to just have a little bit of a rant get that out i feel much better now that's one good. Excess is therapeutic, this podcast. <laughs> if you're feeling some. a little bit stressed at home, just try going on a rant. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, all right. Well, you thank you again. Listeners. Okay. Really appreciate you listening to the podcast. Make sure you head over to pingskills.com, enter our Who Am I competition, win some coaching from Alloys, score some months premium membership be wonderful and of course thank you again alloys for all your wonderful words
1: of wisdom uh thank you jeffrey and thank you all you listeners for uh for getting through jeff's rant bye for now
0: bye